Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The NFL Draft is now officially open. This is draft season. The college football season of is officially over. And now we're looking ahead to the NFL draft. Of course, the NFL playoffs are still coming your way. A wildcard weekend coming up this week. John Schmelk, Tony Pauline with you. Welcome to the draft season podcast. It's all brought to you by Tommy Hilfiger, a PVH brand and an official partner of the New York football giants. Tony, the national championship game in college football after some great bowl games and a great first round of the college football playoffs. A bit of a dud. Yeah. Got to be honest. I did watch some of that fourth quarter. It got ugly. It got ugly quick. And uh, Georgia showed they were the better team. And frankly, TCU just didn't play very well. A lot of blown missed assignments, things like that. And the game got away from them very quickly. I guess the clock struck midnight for Cinderella, right? I mean, we all knew this was a possibility. We thought that this could happen against Michigan. TCU pulled it out. You know, if you, like I said last week, what I was hoping for was a good game, and I didn't get it. And you were right. I mean, you could tell right from the beginning. I mean, Max Dugan looked really tight. That very first drive, he missed two wide-open passes. Uh, on a second down, it was a long, uh, deep out uh, to the corner where the guy was wide open, and he missed that one. And then on a, a third and 11, he had the receiver open for 12 yards, and he underthrew that receiver. And you can tell, you know, they were tight and that the bright lights – uh, did not sit well with them, as opposed to Georgia, who's been in this situation for, what, three years now? Uh, and, and Georgia, basically, it looked like Georgia was playing a scout team last night. That's the bottom line. Yeah, we got a laundry list of guys we'll go through here. We'll kind of go through them rapid fire. Then we'll talk about a couple other things as well here. Uh, we'll talk about the NFL draft order, which was set, at least the, the non-playoff teams. You know what order they're going to be selecting. We have a couple more declarations and a couple of guys returning to school as well. We'll touch those at the end of the program. So, Tony, let's get to it. And I want to start with Stetson Bennett. This look, I know the TCU didn't play well, but boy, he made some tight window throws on some crossers in the middle of the field. He makes some good throws. I think he's going to be an NFL quarterback. I don't know if he's ever going to be a long-term starter for anybody or anything like that. But I think he's shown enough where he's a guy that you can plug in as a backup, and I think he'll do a decent enough job for you. Well, he played magnificently last night. There's no doubt about it. I, I mean, he he was in complete control of the situation. He consistently moved Georgia down the field. I mean, what they scored on every uh, possession they had in the first half, I believe, except for the last uh, last one. And he's a solid game manager. Now, what's going to happen is after last night, people who maybe watched Stetson Banner once or twice during the season or didn't see him, you know, they're going to go gaga over his performance. They're going to say, wow, we got to draft this guy in the second, third, or fourth round. No. Stetson Bennett is a very good game manager. He makes great use of all the, you know, all the talent that's around him. 
He sees the field and he's a great story. He gets the most from his ability, but he doesn't have that great upside. I do agree with you. As I said last week, he's a late round pick. He's going to be a good guy to have in camp. He's just good to have as an extra set of eyes on the sideline for what he sees and what he can break down. But like you said, I mean, he's never going to, I don't think he's ever going to be a starter. Maybe he's a spot starter on occasion, but he gets it between the ears. And, and there's something to be said for that at the quarterback position, as opposed to say some guy who's a lot bigger than him has got a lot stronger arm than him, but throws the ball all over the place. And he's an older prospect. We talked about, right? I think he's going to be 26. Um, just wait till he lights up the senior bowl, Tony, and people are like, oh, maybe he should be a late first round pick after yeah. he does good in Mobile. You never know what happens at the stuff. Well, and the senior bowl is a kingmaker <laughs> at the quarterback position. I mean, Mac Jones, I go Phillip Rivers, David Carr. I mean, guys have had spectacular, Carson Wentz have had spectacular performances that have shot up draft boards. I don't think that's going to be the case with Stetson Bennett, you know, because I think you're going to see discernible differences in the arm strength, especially in the one on ones with the outs. Uh, listen, give him credit consecutive national led uh, Georgia to consecutive national championships, you know, uh, probably performed much greater than anyone, especially the Georgia fans ever thought. And he's a great, terrific college quarterback. Yep. He's, no very not, he's an average NFL prospect because he doesn't have the size of the arm strength, but he's a good person, a good player to have around just because of his understanding of what's happening on the field. All right, Tone, let's uh, go to the Georgia offensive line. I'll group these guys in a group. We've talked about Broderick Jones here. I just, I, just watching his movement skills yeah. are really impressive. Like there was that one, um, was it a keeper or was it a jet sweep where he pulled near the goal line? Yep. And he's running like a like a tight end. And I'm like, oh boy, this guy is a heck of an athlete. And then two linemen we haven't talked about yet, Warren McClendon, their right tackle, Cedric Van Pran, their center. You got anything on those two guys on, on the Georgia O-line? Well, let me start with, with Jones, because I tweeted about him last night. We talked about him in, in the past here. You know, uh, he was terrific. And you saw what you saw last night is what you've gotten from Broderick Jones literally the past two years. I mean, he is a mobile, agile zone blocker who's got good strength at the point for run blocking. I mean, a couple times, if you watch, he was able to set the edge, seal the corner by staying square and boxing the uh, the TCU defenders in, which freed the lanes open for the uh for his Georgia running backs or the quarterback who took off upfield and scored a couple of touchdowns. You know, the thing with Broderick Jones is got to wait and see what his real measurements are. You know, is he six foot four? How long are his arms? I mean, right now he's my number one guard until I see those actual measurements. But if a team is, is you know, is likes his measurements or feels comfortable with his measurements, I could absolutely see Broderick Jones in a year where, is very questionable offensive tackle after we've been spoiled at that position the past yeah. couple of years. I could absolutely see a team, you know, who may be looking for a left tackle late in first, late in round one, take a flyer on him because, you know, he's so versatile. You can, you can play him in his own blocking uh, scheme. You can play him at tackle. You, assuming he's long enough, you can play him at guard. So he's really, I mean, what you saw last night from Broderick Jones is what you've seen the past two years. And he just keeps getting better. McClendon is a guy I like. I have McClendon as a day two guy. He's a bigger guy. He's a stronger guy. Doesn't have the mobility of Broderick Jones. Uh, but I think if you're looking for a big, strong right tackle who has some mobility, he's not stuck in cement. He's not a guy that uh, you can't use in motion. You're looking at uh, McClendon if he enters day two. Uh, Van Pran, I've got to do more work on Van Pran. But I will tell you this. There are a lot of people in the scouting community who believe that if he enters the draft, he will be the first center selected. I had wow. this conversation with somebody last night before the game. 
I still like Luke Whipler, but the caveat is I got to do more film work on Van Pram. And there are some people in the scouting community who say, if he enters the draft, he's the first center taken. He's going to be a late first rounder, early second rounder. Not my opinion yet, because I haven't watched him the way I really like to break these guys down. I still like Whipler of Ohio State, but he is well liked in the scouting community. Yeah, he's an underclassman, so he can go back to Georgia if he wants. Um, there's one other offensive guy. Well, two more. Darnell Washington, the tight end. We have not talked about him a ton here, Tony. And he showed it off again last night why yeah. he is the highly valued. You know, tight ends become very much a traits position now, right? It's size and speed. You know, look at Jelani Woods last year, right? His production in college was nil, right. but he's gigantic and ran a 4-5 and people got psyched. So <laughs> your thoughts on Washington? Yeah, not only will you go go back to Jelani, Jelani Woods, Jelani Woods really turned heads at the Shrine Bowl. When he was out there, they were throwing the ball. He was making a lot of catches, and everybody was like, wow, where was this guy uh, doing this at Virginia and Oklahoma State? Now, as far as Washington's concerned, I'm told Washington is going to enter the draft, and Washington would probably be a star tight end on most schools around the nation but at Georgia, he happens to play behind a star tight end and Brock Bowers, as we saw last night. I mean, Brock right. Bowers is potentially a mid-first-round pick in 2024. Washington looks like a power forward on the football field. He's strong. He's athletic. He's. I'm told he's going to enter the draft. I would expect an announcement in the next couple of days. I'd be surprised if he goes back because if he goes back, what happens? He goes back and he's still the number two uh, tight end at Georgia. He's going to go much earlier than people think. And when I say much earlier, I'm talking, I don't think day two, but I think the opening uh, portion of day three, because he's got the size, he's got the athleticism, he's strong, he's nasty. We saw that last night, although it was nasty to a fault. He can catch the ball, but he's a little bit raw. And he's raw because when the ball's in the air going to a tight end at Georgia, it's going to Brock Bowers 99% of the times. And, you know, I think that's one thing that we saw last night, which played into Georgia's uh, benefit. Now, Georgia plays an NFL type of offense with two tight ends, keeping them in line blocking, where TCU, it's spread out. So TCU was not able to control the ball at all, where Georgia basically just did whatever they wanted to. All right. The other offensive guy I want to hit here, Tony, is Kenny McIntosh. Yeah. We mentioned him briefly on yesterday's show. I just like what I see. He's such a smooth player with speed. And again, I'm not sure, like we said last week, he's ever going to be that 20 carry a game guy voting in who is anymore in the NFL, but he could catch it. He's, he's going to be a day two pick and he's going to be a problem for teams in the NFL. See, I think he can be that 20 carry per game guy. If he puts it all together on a consistent basis, he's six foot. He's a slightly under 210 pounds. He runs and he plays in the low four fives. He was highly rated coming into the season by NFL scouts, despite the fact he really wasn't much of a factor in 2021 because they like the size, they like the speed, they like the athleticism, they like the, the ability carrying the football or catching out of the backfield. But he's got great upside. He hasn't put it together on a consistent basis. And, you know, we've seen more flashes from Kenny McIntosh throughout the 2022 season than we've seen consistency. Now, He's played well the past two games, played well against Ohio State, had a couple of great, uh, outstanding runs, played well last night. You know, maybe this is the, the worm turning for Kenny McIntosh. And if it does, somebody's going to take him late in day two, and they could have a steal on their hands, assuming he continues to, to improve. And he continues not only to improve, but to consistently play to his level of ability. 
All right, let's go to the defensive side with Georgia here, Tone. We talked about Jalen Carter a ton. Just one play jumped out of me last night. (laughs) Well, you had those two TCU guys double-teaming them, and it looked like two junior high school kids trying to block, like, a varsity football player in high school, and he just, like, steamrolled through two guys. He didn't get the sack, but he helped somebody else get the sack. And, you know, he is just such an elite, high-level athlete that he's, I mean, it's going to be hard for him not to be successful in the NFL. Yeah, like I said at the beginning, it was like Georgia was playing the scout team, and that play was indicative of it. You know, you know he's got the athleticism. You know he can go sideline to sideline. There were a couple times where he was out on the sidelines. He was out in space in the flanks, yeah. chasing the action and getting involved. And then he shows the power to basically bull rush two TCU uh, defenders back into the pocket, collapse the pocket, and create opportunities uh, for players. So you're looking at a guy like that. You figure, well, he can play defensive tackle in a four-man front. He has the athleticism and the strength. If you want to use him in a three-man front as a two-gap defensive lineman, you know, he's really starting to hit his stride now. We talked about, we talked about Ahmad Gardner on, on this uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago. You know, Jalen Carter is like that in the sense that he's a better player now than he was in 2022, and he has a great amount of upside. I think that the, uh, you know, the future is uh, it, it's just incredible for this guy. And I think he got a break, as we will talk about uh, when we go through the draft order with the Chicago Bears getting the first selection over the Houston Texans. Yeah, and then you have Keely Ringo. I don't know how much you take out of this game for him, Tony. He was involved in one coverage bust. You know, him and another player did not pass off, you know, one of those kind of games the two outside wide receivers played. I don't know whose fault it was, but in such a blood, I'm not sure how much you can really take out of the game for Ringo. I I thought he played slightly better or more consistent. Uh, than he did against uh, Ohio State, was not good. The start of that Ohio State game did show up late in the game, made some nice plays. Listen, this is what we're, you're getting from Keely Ringo. You're, you're getting a guy who will wow you at times, and then other times you scratch your head and you say, you know, what the heck was that? And as I wrote, you know, that's, I, that, that's a concern for me at the cornerback position because you can't have those bumps in the road because the bumps in the road on Sunday – eventually lead the result are 50 yard touchdown passes. People love Keely Ringo as a top 15 pick. I'm a lot cooler on him. Let's see what happens through the process. Let's see how he does with the interviews. Let's see how he does with the whiteboard. He's got great upside, but he's very unpolished. All right. The other receiver or rather defensive back. I want to mention to you, Tony is Christopher Smith, the safety. He was involved in a takeaway last night. I know a lot of people like him. I love him. I mean, I love him. I tweeted about him last night. I think he's one of the most underrated safeties uh, in the nation. He's a complete player at the position who can defend the run. He's terrific in pass coverage. He goes sideline to sideline, very instinctive, doesn't have mental lapses on the field. The thing with Smith is how fast is he? The faster he runs prior to the 2023 draft, the earlier he's going to be selected. I don't think he's a first-rounder, as Georgia had a safety at the end of of round one last year. I think he's more day two, but I think he's scheme versatile. You could use him in zone. You can use him as a traditional free safety. I don't think he's a liability if you put him over the slot receiver. I I like Smith coming into the season, and my affection for him has just grown throughout 2022. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs, 
Yeah, like check out these hair. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. <laughs> hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, no question about it, Tony. Let, let's go to TCU, and yeah. I'll give you carte blanche. Start wherever you would like. Well, I, I mean, it was probably the worst game that Max Dugan played all year. I, he just couldn't move the offense. I said, you know, at, at the start of the show, he had those two bad misses, the first series, the first time, the first possession for TCU, and it was all downhill after that. I, I mean, he couldn't get anything going. Uh, I, I don't think it dims what was a ter- terrific season. I still think he's got a lot of tools to work with, but at the same time, we see that he needs a lot of work on his game, which is why Max Dugan is probably going to be a mid-day three pick and a more of a developmental prospect. Quentin Johnson, I mean, nothing last night. What do you have? One reception for three yards? Uh, I, I, there were a couple of times where he was open. There was a couple of times where you know they covered the where Georgia was covering him like a blanket. You could see that Georgia was focusing on him, which you got to wonder why the other TCU receivers, Tay Barber, Dar- uh, uh, Donovan, uh, Darius Davis, uh, you know, weren't open more, especially Tay Barber. Darius Davis had a decent game except for that one fumble. Uh, so obviously, you know, I, I think when Keandre Miller the talented running back from TCU was out of the game. Georgia's game plan was we're just going to put two guys. We're going to focus on Quentin Johnson, Johnston. We're going to let everybody else beat us. And they couldn't. Yeah, no question about it. We haven't talked much about it. What do you think about TCU's running backs? Uh, I, I mean, Keandre Miller is a talented guy. I'm told he is going to enter the draft. He's going to be a day two pick. He's got size. He's got speed. He's very shifty. Patient uh, player. I, I think he projects best uh, at, at anyone uh, of, of them all to the next level. The other guys I've got to do a little more work on. No question. Um, we talked about offensive linemen for Georgia. Have you done any work yet on Steve Avila, the left guard? Yeah, he is the premier power gap blocker at guard in this year's draft. I mean, he is a big punch in the mouth type of guy that will move defensive linemen off the line. The problem is, is when you get a guy like that who goes up against Jalen Carter, who's agile and athletic, if he doesn't have help on the inside, sometimes he's going to get beat. And I think that's what happened, uh, you know, with, with Avia last night. He was solid, but, you know, a power gap guy, a power gap guy and a spread, a power gap lineman and a spread offense, sometimes, a lot of times it doesn't work. And I don't think it really worked that well last night, but I still think Avia is going to be a, a day two selection. You know, we, we talked about Roderick Jones. Uh, earlier from Georgia, and I wrote uh, I wrote on in a preview of this game that it was going to be a big contest for Dylan Horton, who demolished Michigan last week because Roderick Jones is much more nimble, much more agile than what he what he went up, went up against uh, against Michigan. And Dylan Horton was basically invisible last night. I think he had what four uh, four tackles, one tackle for loss. Really didn't get close to the quarterback. So Dylan Horton, I think, came back to earth a little bit, which is why 
after the mission game, everyone was saying, who's this guy? This is why he's a day three selection, a mid to late day three selection at that. How about the other two TCU defenders, D. Winters and Travius Hodges Tomlinson? I mean, Hodges Tomlinson had a tough game last night. I, I think, you know, the problem is, is when you're five, seven and a half, and even if you have good ball skills, you're going to be overmatched often by receivers that are six foot, six foot two, and you're going to do a lot of grabbing. And he had that one bad blown coverage, which led to a huge touchdown reception. Uh, I think it was a touchdown reception uh, for, for Georgia early on. Jadavis Tom, uh, Hodges Tomlinson is what he is. He's a dime back at the next level who, you know, you're going to have to put him in positions and hope that he doesn't get mismatched, but he's a real good player. He struggled last night. Uh, that's for sure. He's had a lot of penalties throughout the season, uh, but that's what goes on with five, seven and a half cornerbacks. Uh, uh, D. Winters, I think, also struggled. Struggled against the run, struggled against Brock Bowers. I mean, I thought it was a big challenge for D. Winters coming off of what was a terrific uh, terrific performance against Michigan. I, you know, I I think it was probably a, I don't want to say it was an F, but it was, you know, a, a lower-scale grade for D. Winters uh, going up against, you know, some talented pass catchers, middle pass catchers, uh, running backs, as well as tight ends for Georgia. No, I'm with you. And look, just just, just a rough goal from TCU. Uh, I don't think you really, you know, probably ding their guys too much, but, you know, playing a great team. But obviously when you lose by that much, it's 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 going to be a tough evaluation, no doubt about it. The Giants official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV, brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. Remember, folks, this isn't a Giants podcast. It's an NFL draft podcast. But if you're a Giants fan or if you'd like the NFL action, check it out. Uh, Tony, we're all watching NFL football on Sunday. I was covering the Giants and Eagles game. You were locked into the FCS championship oh, yeah. at 2 p.m. on ABC, South Dakota State and North Dakota State. I know a couple prospects in this game, Tucker Craft, the tight end, Tony Mock, the offensive lineman. Your thoughts on them and anyone else that kind of popped in that game? Yeah, well, Mock, we're going to see at the senior ball. I, I mean, he's a good left tackle for North Dakota State, who I think is going to project to guard the next level. And I, I mean... You, you got to remember, I mean, this is a matchup between two conference uh, foes. Both of them play in the Missouri Valley. And North Dakota State has basically been the Alabama of the FCS. I, I mean, they, over the past couple of years, if you will, they have been the premier uh, team in, the, in that conference and winning national championship after national championship, never mind appearing. South Dakota State started to uh, turn the tables on them uh, this year. It seemed that. We'll see what happens moving forward. Talk about a couple of South Dakota State prospects. Tucker Craft, who I talked about a week ago, you know, more of your downfield threat, a, a, a tight end who plays the position like he's a receiver, gets 15, 20, 25 yards down the field and effortlessly catches the ball, solid blocker. Everybody loves Michael Mayer as the number one tight end. And Michael Mayer's a darn good tight end, but he's more of your traditional guy from the 1980s, early 1990s, where He's a blocker who's also a solid pass catcher, 10 to 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because the NFL likes those tight ends that can get down the field. You think of the Philadelphia Eagles, you think of Zach Ertz, you think of the, you think of Evan Engram and the job he's doing this year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's what Tucker Craft is. So I think Tucker Craft uh, has got a real opportunity that if he doesn't go earlier than Michael Mayer, He's going to go very close soon after where Michael Mayer is drafted into in, in the upcoming April draft. The other two guys from uh, South Dakota State, the Janky brothers, Jackson Janky and Jaden Janky. Jackson goes 6'2", 210 pounds, runs in the low four fives. Jaden's a little bit uh, bigger, 
a little bit faster, but not as good as a receiver. Both of these guys are late round guys, seventh round picks, who I believe will be good fifth receivers at the next level. Also going to be good special teamers. These guys have been very productive for three years. It's just that they play for South Dakota State. So if you want to, if you want to see them, you really got to work hard to go find them. Both yeah, are, yeah, and look, for these FCS programs, the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Game are so yeah. important because you see them against bigger program guys, and then we guess you really see what they can do. Listen, South Dakota State has a running back by the name of Pierre Strong <clears throat> who went to the uh, Shrine Game last year, blew it up after a successful college career, and he's done some pretty good work this year in the NFL. Yeah, with the Patriots. From Andre Stevenson went down that one game. He got some run. Did a nice job. All right, Tone. NFL draft order, 1 through 18 is set. I'm not going to list all the teams because that would be here all day. But I will give you the top 10 really quickly for fans that haven't seen it. The Bears finish with the first pick in the draft because Lovey Smith on his way out the door says, oh, watch this. I'm going to ruin your top overall draft pick and beat the Colts with a two-point conversion. Texans, second pick. Cardinals, third. Colts, fourth. Broncos traded to Seattle. So Seattle is fifth. Detroit from the Rams is six. So those are two, you know, one playoff team, one borderline playoff team, Tony, that's picking fifth and sixth in this draft. Seventh, the Raiders, eighth, ninth, and tenth, a trio of NFC South teams, the Falcons at eight, Panthers at nine, Saints at 10. And I think in the, the depending on what the Rams do with Stafford, you know, his neck, who knows? What the Broncos do with Russell Wilson, I think his contract is pretty prohibitive. I don't think they can move on from that. Of the first six picks, only two teams I would think are going to be in the quarterback business. So I guess the Bears, if they really love one of these guys, can always trade Justin Fields and take a quarterback at one. Otherwise, I would imagine the Bears are probably going to try to auction that pick off and get as much capital. They might be able to move down twice, right? They might get something from the Texans in a one swap and then go with the Colts to go from four to two and get two trades out of the deal. Well, first thing is this. Two, the Houston Texans. Three, the Arizona Cardinals. Four, the Indianapolis Colts. They need new coaches. And some oh, yeah. of them are, so in some cases, they're probably going to need new general managers. So you got to wait and see what happens there. I don't know that there's going to be a huge market for that number one pick. I don't know if people are going to be climbing over themselves to get to Bryce Young. Uh, I, I just don't because I don't think he's that type of franchise quarterback. I, I, I don't think, you know, there's – People are just going to say, we have to have this guy and we're going to give up X amount of picks to get him. I don't think it's going to play out. And I really don't think that the Houston Texans are any worse off having the number two pick because I think the Bears at the top of the draft with their needs on the defensive line, you know, you know, with, with Will Anderson there, with, with, with the kid from Georgia there. I, I don't think, uh, you, you know, either of these uh, uh, jailing uh, Carter there, I, I don't think – you know, the Bears are sitting there looking at two potential franchise type of defensive players. Uh, and, and that's what that franchise is known for. Uh, I think that they're going to sit there. Yeah, of course, they're going to entertain offers. And of course, the, the league will say, you know, you can't make your pick until there's 10 seconds left on the clock in April. <laughs> I, I think the Bears will be there at 10, taking one of those two players. And then the Texans will take Bryce Young at number two. It's the way it seems right now. Well, I, remember, I, I will say this tone. They're, the Bears lose nothing by convincing the Texans that they need to move up one spot. You know what I mean? Of course. Get something out of it. The Texans get their quarterback. Maybe they get an extra two or, you know, two and a four, two and a three, something like that. They get to pick second. They still get their favorite position player. So they, they don't lose much by moving down to two. You could argue that even if they trade down to the, to the Colts at four, two quarterbacks will go ahead of them and they'll still get either Carter 
or the Alabama pass rusher. So I think they'll probably be pretty safe still getting an elite defensive player, even if they go down as far as Fort, you know? Yeah, but, you know, because somebody wants to trade down, you, you, it takes two to tango. And, of course. You know, it, it depends on what Nick Cesario, who's going to be making the decision, thinks of Bryce Young. Is he going to be willing to move up and, and get that quarterback? That was never a thing with – at New England when he was there, they would just let the quarterbacks fall to them and then they 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 take it from there. So I mean obviously smoke screens are, are everything at this time of year, especially with the teams at the top, not just this time of year, February, March, and April, and you're gonna hear about him, you're gonna hear about him. My opinion is, yeah, Chicago can do a sell job all they want. I just don't think there's gonna be a huge market for a team that wants to move up for Bryce Young, because listen. Look at Tua. I, I mean, I love Bryce Young, and, and I've spoke about him glowingly on this podcast, but he's not a big-body guy, and you better be able to protect him. And you look at the beating that Tua, who's not a big-body quarterback, is taking in Miami, and, you know, you're taking your chances with that sort of signal caller. You know, I mentioned the Saints at 10, by the way. That pick goes to the Eagles. So the, the team with the best record in football gets the 10th overall pick. That's not bad. Um but I, I do wonder, the team that intrigues me a little bit here, Tony, the Falcons are at eight, but as the Panthers in nine, that owner is very aggressive. You know, I could see them going, and they've been looking for a quarterback for a long time. I could see them going all out for a quarterback, and then I think it's a lot tougher this far down. But you got to think the commanders at some point are like, you, you got to do something here. Like, you can't just keep recycling these, you know, mid-level, low-level quarterbacks and, you know, you're kind of wasting a lot of talent on defense, you know? You know, uh, but again, Carolina, they need a new coach. You know, they have a general manager there. What is the general manager's position going to be? How much of power is he going to have? That's why I mentioned the owner, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. because that, that owner is a guy who who's taking chances. A lot of belief that he was going to make that trade for Deshaun Watson, <coughs> excuse me, the past two years. And I think he tried, by the way. I don't think it was from a lack of effort. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> So yeah, look, I'm with you. I, I think they'll be. And, and remember, remember that was after giving a lot of uh, draft capital away for Sam Darnold, who never really panned out. So you, you know, eventually, you got to be careful. Yeah, you need the quarterback, but if you're you continue to just give give picks away, give picks away to get that quarterback, and it's elusive, you know, you're going to be drafting in the top ten for the next ten years. Guys, tell you, and, and one thing is when you look at that order, I mean, how good. Does that trade look right now for the Seattle Seahawks? To Russell Wilson. I mean, so they got good. a premier left tackle in Charles Cross. They then added another the right tackle, a piece of right tackle, and Lucas, a yeah. they're now sitting there with the fifth pick of the draft. I don't know that Geno Smith is going to be able to replicate in 2023 what he did today. They're in the playoffs, which no one thought that was going to happen before the season. That trade looks better and better each day for that organization. Yeah, look, and they need pass rushers, right? Like their defensive front, which had been a strength for them for a long time. They don't have a lot of guys up there. They drafted a couple cornerbacks last year. They lost Bobby Wagner. You know, they don't, you know, they don't have, you know, those, you know, pass rushers they did back in their heyday, the Bennett's, guys like that. So my guess is that they're going to try to go defensive line with that pick and we'll see what they end up doing. Who's who's available um when they come up to make that selection. So yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, and we'll see how the rest of the draft order kind of plays out here but you know quarterbacks always the name of the game and we'll see uh where these guys end up uh deciding to try to go here at the top of the draft hey folks if you're interested in giant season tickets 2023 plans are available make sure you go to giants.com slash tickets there's limited inventory 
Um, you can take your membership to the next level. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are available for the 2023 season. Make sure you go check it out. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, Tony, let's go through some declarations and return to schools here. Do you want to do declarations first or guys that are not going into the draft? What do you want to do? Whatever's in front of you, whatever's uh, closest to your screen. Go, go Jared with- Verse back to yeah. Florida State. That, Very- I think, was a shocker. He's going back for a fifth year, so it wasn't even an underclassman coming out of your tone. And he was a guy that was probably was going to be a top 15 pick, right? Maybe top 10. Very surprising. Almost as surprising as the Penn State tackle that we spoke about, although the Penn State tackle had injuries, didn't play in the ball game, and I, and I was told that, <clears throat> excuse me, that led to his decision. And he's a lot but, younger, too, right? He was only 19 years old or whatever correct, he was, exactly, 20. Correct. Yeah. With, with Verse, yeah, I, I mean, all the information I had and have been reporting was that Verse was going to enter the draft. He, you know, he turns tail. He goes back to Florida State. I'm sure he's getting a nice NIL deal for himself. Probably not. He's going to not nearly as much as he would have gotten had he entered the draft. But <clears throat> listen, it's surprising. But if you're going to make the jump to the NFL, you better be ready, not just physically, but mentally as well, because the curve in every aspect is much steeper. The conditioning curve, the meetings, the mental curve, the competition curve. I mean, you better make sure that you are ready or else you're going to, you know, there's a good chance you could fail. I am surprised by verse. Uh, transfer from uh, SUNY Albany to, yep. to Florida State, who lit it up this year. But he may have just decided that, you know what, I'm going to stay in college one more year, improve my game, and then go to the next level. Blake Corum, back to Michigan. He's a guy that battled injuries at the end of the year. Yep. We kind of talked about him over the course of the year. But he's heading back, too. So Michigan's going to have their dual-headed running back back in full effect next season. Yeah, I think the injury played a lot, uh, played a big factor in that because – you know, when he went down that Illinois game, he, he was never the same. So it may be a situation where he just wants to get healthy again. Uh, Michigan, who knows if Jim Harbaugh is going to be coaching there. They do lose some offensive linemen, although they are bringing in Hinton, uh, the, uh, the uh, talented tackle from Stanford, who's going to Michigan by way of uh, by way of the transfer portal. Uh, I You know, the injury, especially that knee injury, I think loomed large in the fact that, you know, he may not be 100% healthy through the draft process. So he figures it's best to go back another year. Tough decision for a running back because, uh, you know, he's going to be handled, depending on who's coaching here. If it's Harbaugh again, you know, he's going to be the engine, uh, you know, that that runs that locomotive there. A lot of carries on that body. Uh, tough thing for, for a, a ball carrier when he eventually enters the draft and enters the league. Well, we were going to touch it later. You mentioned it now, though. Is Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL, Tony? What are you hearing? I mean, he's going to he's going to explore the options. I think that if somebody puts a big enough offer in front of him, he will go. And Fulton, uh, by the way, not just money wise, like control wise. I think that's probably a big deal for him. Right. Well, that's why I said, you know, Carol, we talk about Carolina. You, you talk about uh, Denver, who already have general managers there. What's going to be the role of those general managers if, in fact, they hire Jim Harbaugh? Because you can't you got to believe, like you said, Jim Harbaugh is not going to go to a team unless he has 
if not final say, significant say in the in the, the roster buildup and the, and the way the depth chart sits. Yeah, Arizona is the one team that doesn't have either right now with right. no coach or GM. Correct, because Kime is stepping away because of health reasons and obviously. And then you got to wonder, you know, he's going to be stuck there with Kyler Murray. So that that's another thing that that's going to factor into a coach, you know. You go to Colin Murray signed a, a pretty significant extension before the season began. That's going to be the Arizona Cardinal quarterback for a while. So if you're a coach and you're looking at Arizona, you're going there knowing that Colin Murray may not be your guy, but he's going to be your guy because of the contract that he signed. And he's hurt, right? Who knows when he's going to be ready to play next year? He might not play next year at all. He might not be ready till November or December. So you're kind of going in there knowing that the first year is a throwaway year too. So yeah, it's tough. Agree hundred percent. All right, not familiar with this guy. Please correct me if I'm if I'm giving the name wrong. With the I'm not familiar with the pronunciation. Familiar with the player, right. Rook Orohoro, right. going back to Clemson. Big strong guy. He's shown flashes. He was considered a middle round pick. He played reasonably well last year. Debo uh, Dabo Sweeney has been, except for this year, he's done a great job re-recruiting the guys, his players, and even though he lost. Brise, he lost my, uh, he lost Murphy, Trenton Simpson. That's the exception of the rule with with uh, Dabo Sweeney. He usually keeps his guys. You know, you talk about Aroru, can't pronounce his name. The biggest <laughs> surprise to me was Tyler Davis from Clemson, who's going back for another season because Tyler Davis was good in 2021. He was outstanding. He's more of a three-technique tackle. You know, people talk about Brise, but you watch the Clemson film, and it's number 13, Davis, who's all over the place making making plays, consistently penetrating the line of scrimmage, consistently disrupting the action, gets out in the space. He's going back for another year. He's going back for his, this will be, I'm looking at his fifth year, his second senior season. Uh, he entered the he entered the year with uh, basically late day two grades, played even better. He's going to go back for uh, like I said, a second senior season. That was the bigger surprise uh, to me, anyway, coming out of Clemson. I forgot to put his name on the rundown, Tony. So I'm putting you on the spot here, but I trust that that you'll be all over it. Lucas Van Ness going back to Iowa. Your thoughts on him? Any 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 thoughts on him going not signing not to go to the draft? None at all. You got me on that one. Oh, what? I did. I got you. Wow. I never get Tony on anything. I can't believe it. Hang on all right. Defensive end. No, you got me on that one. I got him. How about my, that? That, that, my, that, uh, that never happened. I'm, I'm actually pretty proud of myself. This is there like the uh, stump the truck. Oh, boy. Uh, the, the draft day for NFL Network. Stump Mr. Um, Mazer for all those people from New York who remember Bill Mazer. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then Texas defensive tackle Keandre Coburn is coming out, Tony. Yeah. What, what have you heard that about him? It makes sense. You know, he's uh, – uh, Bowling ball type of player, so one of those shorter, powerful guys, gap occupier who also shows the ability to make plays on on the football. He's quick, he's explosive, more of a day three guy, but someone who I think at the right system, the next level, uh, can play and be productive and, and even eventually start. All right, and then finally, we kind of mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but I think it's official now. Sam Hartman going from Wake to Notre Dame. Big, big get for the Irish here, and Hartman will have a chance to, you know, show what he can do in more of a pro-style system. More of a pro-style system with better uh, with better talent around. There's no doubt about it. I, I would have liked to see him uh, at UCLA, although UCLA recently signed the Kent State quarterback, who's a, a legit prospect. Hartman's a fun guy to watch. I mean, he's been a fun guy to watch the past three years. I mean, because he's small, but he plays big football. He's always in control of the situation. I think, you know, for some people, playing quarterback at Notre Dame is a dream. Yeah, I, I mean, that is that, that is the place to be. 
Hartman's going to do it. And Hartman really is one of the better quarterbacks that they've had there for, for a long, long time. And that's always been sort of their Achilles heel, why they can't get to the next level. Now they've got a seasoned guy who's smart, who's a playmaker. It'll be fun to watch Hartman, not only in that system, but really with much better talent in front of him, blocking for him, and to throw the ball to. Absolutely, Tone. So we're going to get moving here. We got Shrine game coming up in Vegas. Trying to see you out there. I'll definitely see in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Then we have a little bit of a break. We can take a little deep breath. We could catch up on the tape. Gear up for the Combine at the end of February. Any final thoughts when we start gearing up for these uh, postseason events next week? I, I think I better go back and watch some Iowa film and get myself more acquainted with Lucas Van Ness. So we well, he's not coming out, so you're up. fine. You don't have to worry about him until next uh, year. You're good. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it, it. I mean, I'm looking forward to the trip. I mean, the uh, the Shrine game and the Senior Bowl being back to back is very convenient. You fly for you go to one game, you fly to the next game, uh, and you're there basically for six days nonstop practice. Uh, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the final uh, rosters of those games hand out, you know, which players, you know, the sub, which top rated players go to those games. Obviously there's a change this year because the pro coaches, the NFL teams are going to be coaching the shrine game, not the senior bowl as they have been what the past millennium. Uh, so that that's going to be an interesting change. Uh, yeah, the but, senior bowl is doing that. Like uh, they're doing like teams are like almost drafting coaches, right? They're like recommending all the teams that didn't make the playoffs get to like recommend the position coach. And then they're sure. going to kind of do like a combo coaching staff. Sometimes, sometimes that works better because what happens is, you know, w- when you do that, you know, the coaches want to show off. Sometimes the coaches wanted to sp- show that they can coach, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you get, the, you get these pro coaching staffs. We saw it last year, you know, where the, practices are rather mundane they drag there's no tempo we've seen that time and time again sometimes it's better to put a mishmash of coaches together because they're trying to outdo each other and you get a lot more done in the practice it would be fun to see if that happens this year at the senior ball yeah absolutely should be a lot of fun tony always a pleasure we'll talk to you next week as you start gearing up for the for vegas and mobile absolutely john for Tony Pauline, I'm John Schmuck. This was draft season. Make sure you remember that it's all brought to you by Tommy Hilfiger, a PVH brand, official partner of the New York Giants. We'll see you next time. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash slash iHeart.